We're turning tonight to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 14. An interesting man with an amazing prayer. 2 Chronicles chapter 14. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. In his days, the land was quiet ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the sight of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods in the high places, break down the images, and cut down the groves. These places where despicable things went on in the name of idol worship, horrible things that should never have been. The Lord told his people to annihilate these people and their practices. Of course, they did not, and continually they were a thorn in their side. In verse 4 of Second Chronicles 14, And commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Also he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him or at peace. And he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest, and he had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said unto Judah, Let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers, gates and bars while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him and he hath given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. And Asa had an army of men that bare targets and spears. Out of Judah, 300,000. Out of Benjamin, that bare shields and drew bows, two hundred and fourscore thousand. All these were mighty men of valor. And there came out against them Zerah of the Ethiopian with an host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots and came into Mersha. And then Asa went out against him and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zarephath at Marasha. In verse 11 is our text. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, our, thou art our God. Let no man, let not man prevail against thee. One of the most notable prayers of the Bible, I hope you'll mark it and refer to it often as I do when I'm asking the Lord in a specific way to help when the resources and the energy level is low and the resources are few. Lord, it is nothing with thee to help with little or with mighty or with many. He can do whatsoever he will. Asa was king of Judah. He was the great-grandson of Solomon and the great-great-grandson of King David. Matthew chapter 1 tells us that he was the ancestor of our Lord Jesus Christ. His name, interestingly, means the name Asa, which is a beautiful name, isn't it? It means physician. And while we have no record that Asa had anything to do with medicine personally, there is reference to his preoccupation with medicine toward the end of his life. As we see here in our text, he built these gated, these fenced cities, which were defense cities. They were cities of, for the armies. And he, he assembled over 580,000 soldiers in a mighty army. What a display. Asa is, in any way you look at it, an amazing man. His grandfather, however, was sinful. 
His mother, grandmother was an idol worshiper, and yet Asa's record is that he was one of Judah's most godly kings. He brought about reform, as we've seen here during his reign, that, that did away with idol worship. It, as we've mentioned, should never have been. There should never have been idol worship in Judah, and there shouldn't be idol worship in our hearts and lives either, should they? We often look to other places and say, how could they, when the Lord was so clear, when the Lord sternly warned his, his people about allowing anything or anyone to take his place or become between them and the Lord. And the Lord God spake unto the, in these words, saying, I am the Lord God of, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. He reminds us of who he is by what he's done. No other God could have brought them out of the land of Egypt. They certainly could not have freed themselves. I want to remind you, Church of Christ, Church of God here tonight gathered, you couldn't have brought yourself out of the bondage of sin. There's nothing in your power. You were sold under sin, dead in trespasses and sins, when the great Redeemer came and brought you out by an outstretched arm, out of Satan's clutches, out of the, the chains which you'd forged by your own rebellion and sin. You could no more have saved yourself than Egypt uh, Israelites could have let, loosed themselves from Pharaoh's bondage. It was an impossibility. And if you could have, you couldn't have made it clear over the Red Sea. They had nothing they could have done. And God reminds them, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And he did us as well, didn't he? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water underneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. He tells us up front, doesn't he? I'm jealous over your affections. I want you to myself. You're mine. It is he that has made us, and not we ourselves. I am jealous over you, visiting the iniquity of fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Asa was so determined to do the right thing. And it takes determination to do the right thing. Because doing the right thing always goes against the flesh. It always goes against the world around us. And it always goes against the devil. So if you've determined to do the right thing. Could you just write it down where you keep your important messages. You're going to have a difficult time at doing the right thing. That's why so few people do it. And that's why so many give up in the midst of it. It's hard to set ourselves to do the right thing. But so determined was Asa to do the right thing, he removed his own mother from her honored position as the, the queen mother. And can you imagine coming against your mother? Now, that's hard to do at any time, but especially in the royal family, the queen mother's position was an ex officio position of honor and power. She wielded much power in the royal court. He removed his mother because of her unrepented of idolatry. She would not quit her idols. And Asa, this shows you what kind of man he was. I mean, this is no ordinary uh, person who would remove his own mother from such an exalted position. Such a thing was unheard of in that time. There is a biblical principle that is recorded for us in the scriptures. You might overlook it if you were reading rapidly, but it's in the story of Eli that we find there in the second Samuel, first, excuse me, first Samuel chapter two. And there our Lord declares them that honor me will I honor. Well, we could park there and just teach the rest of the night. Them that, what a, what a, uh, a covenant God makes. What a statement he makes. 
Those that honor me, I will honor. Isn't that a wonderful thing? The Bible says to honor him in all that we do. Honor the Lord thy God with all of your heart. Love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the whole duty of man. And do you know what God's blessing is? His promise is, if you do that, I will honor you. Think about honor. Isn't it what everyone seeks for in this life? Notoriety, honor. But to be honored by the Lord is an eternal thing. It has eternal blessings, eternal consequences. Them that honor me will I honor. But there's another side to that promise as you can imagine, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. The New Testament parallel to that is Matthew six thirty-three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Asa's heart, if you could picture it, was turned toward the Lord and to the things of God and to the work of God. And I'd ask us tonight at a prayer meeting, is yours? Is mine? Are we absolutely turned toward the Lord, seeking Him while He may be found, honoring Him and Him honoring us? I hope we here at Glen Iris Baptist Church would individually and corporately just set out to honor the Lord in all that we do. Is your desire for Him to be first place in your life? If it is, it will tell. It will show. Do you show it by your choices, by your speech, by your attitude? It's obvious to all that Asa wanted his life to count It was not just enough to be king. Honor came with that in a public way, in a public realm. But Asa knew what a lot of people never, never learned, that it really doesn't matter what the eyes of men see because the Lord sees what others don't see. You may be highly esteemed among men and in a byword in the gates of heaven. It may be open scandal in heaven, but down here below, people just ooh and ah. Asa knew, I'm king, but that only goes so far. He wanted to be honored of the Lord. He wanted his life to be a testimony for the Lord and for his kingdom, the kingdom that he ruled over, to be a place where God was honored and reverenced. And if in any church, in any home, this takes work and effort, everlastingly rooting out the enemy, killing sin, rooting out that which would take the Lord's place in your life, in my life, in the church here. It is a constant effort to honor the Lord and keep Jesus Christ high and lifted up. It was obvious to all that he wanted to do just that. And verse 2 tells us, Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. I think that would be a good epitaph, don't you, on a tombstone. If someone came by and saw your name and the dates of your birth and death, and it said he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Not that which was popular, not what people liked necessarily, but he did that which was right. It's an old saying that we ought to remind ourselves there's only one thing to do about anything, and that's the right thing. One of the reasons Asa was so greatly blessed and used by the Lord, we notice here, and it's the emphasis of our prayer meeting tonight, it was because of his prayer life. He prayed over everything. He asked for God's will to be done and for God to show him his will and for God to be glorified. We ought to... Throughout the day, now, Lord, I've got this work to do, this piece of work to do. I've got this meeting. Would you glorify yourself in this meeting? Would you, would you give me direction? Would, would you let people see Christ in me, in my attitude, my actions as I go about your business today? Would you just let me be a window and a, and a, a light and salt where you place me today? And just pray. He asked for God's will to be done, and we should as well. He prayed before battles. He desired that the Lord be glorified. And you might not uh, personally be able to change a situation, but you can pray. 
You might not personally have influence or know the right people or be able to get a hearing to the right people, so-called, but you can have a hearing in the gates of heaven. Did you know that? That's what this prayer meeting is all about. The, the mayor, the governor, the president, the Supreme Court may not ever turn their head toward us, but we can go and tell the Lord and spread it out before the Lord and all powers given to him in heaven and in earth. Oh, the power. If we could ever catch in our hearts and minds the power of prayer and the power of prayer meetings, unified prayer, corporate prayer, joining together with our hearts, we've got some things to pray about in this country, don't we? Look around you. Oh, my. From now to May. Now, I know the Lord is not backed into a timetable, but things are dark. Our Supreme Court is going to be ruling on important, important, probably no more important matter than they've ever ruled on. And it will influence all of ministry, all of the, church, the work of the church for years to come. The, the face of evangelical work in this nation could be radically changed. And I want you to, to claim, and the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. His rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Oh, the, the Lord's people should, should pray and call out to the Lord. Now I want you to look at the record of his prayer there in verse 11. And I want us to notice that, first and foremost, Asa desires God's glory. He cried unto the Lord. Look at there, first of all. He was sincere. This crying is not just necessarily tears, although it may well have been. His earnestness. Lord, you must act. You must win this battle. Yes, we have an army. Yes, we have the walled cities and the artillery. But, Lord, if you don't go before us, we'll be a, we'll be a laughing stock. We'll lose the battle. And, Lord, it doesn't matter how powerful our, our forces are. What matters is if you go before us. He cried unto the Lord. He was sincere. He, he put his heart and his might into his praying. It wasn't just empty formalities, just sayings placed in there. He just opened his heart out before the Lord. Now, this is not a practice prayer here, is it? When you read Asa's prayer, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help. He just starts right into the matter, doesn't he? I mean, he doesn't do genealogical work and background. He just says, Lord, we need your help, and you can do it. So we come before you, Lord. It's nothing with you to help. And this is the sincerest prayer that you can, you can find. Secondly, he recognized God's power and his ability to help. Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. You may not have any influence whatsoever. As I've mentioned, the Supreme Court wouldn't know my name, wouldn't listen, probably wouldn't read a, a letter if I wrote it, or I couldn't call and get in touch with a one, single one of those justices. But I can pray. And I don't have any power, do you? I have no influence here, very, very limited. But we have a God who hears and, and sees. He recognized God's ability. It's nothing with thee to help. And it isn't. Our Lord has all power. He spoke the world into existence. Everybody that has a place of authority, you know what the Scripture says, they're there because He allowed them to be. And they may not know it. They may have forgotten it. They may not care, but He knows it. And for some reason, He's allowed whoever is in the place of authority to be there. And for, if nothing else, to correct his people and to make his people pray. Jesus is not reigning from, from David's throne right now. One day he will, and everything will be done in perfectly holiness and justice and righteousness. But until then, he puts men in authority, and he tells us, pray for them that have the rule over you. Why? That you may lead a quiet and peaceable life. What is our verse? I will that men pray everywhere with holy hands, lifting up holy hands, without wrath or doubting. 
I want you to notice also here when we look at Asa's prayer that God's ability is not based on our circumstances. We look at everything through our circumstances. Oh, they're horrible. The Red Sea is wide and deep. How are we going to get across? Pharaoh is not cooperating. He's not going to let us go. Those are the circumstances. Lord, we don't have very much. What are these among so many? Thousands need to be fed. All we have is a little boy's lunch, a few rolls and a few pieces of fish. We look at the circumstances and always, always magnify the circumstances, which are often dire, aren't they? I'll admit we often have less than what we need. That's why God says, ask for your daily bread. If you had it stockpiled, you may not ask. But when you don't have it, or when the resources don't equal the situation at hand, what do you do? Oh, Lord, we cry. It's nothing with you to help. Lord, we know you can. We have a book of records here of nothing but answered prayer. Please remember tonight as we go into prayer that our circumstances are just that. It's stuff, situation, people, limited means, hard hearts. Unsaved people who need to be saved, people who need to be healed, our children across the way that we're praying for their conversion, that the scripture be applied in their heart. Our young people here who've joined us this evening, that we want God to direct them and guide them. These are the circumstances, but behind all that is God. What does he say? Whether with many or with them that have no power. I think we qualify for this prayer, don't you? We have great circumstances, things that need to be answered, no power within ourselves to do one thing that we're asking tonight. Do you know that the reason we're asking these things tonight is because we can't do them. If we could do it, we wouldn't ask for it. And that's why God paints us in the corner, puts us in a dire circumstances. Why? So we'll cry out to him. Recognize who he is. Call on him. Lord, it's with nothing with thee. You're our God. You're the Lord God. Jehovah, Adonai, sovereign over all. That's who we're coming to tonight. We're not going to the Supreme Court and asking them to do something on our behalf, are we? We're going to the judge of all the earth who always does that which is right. We're asking him and keep our perspective. Circumstances, I'm not saying they're nothing, they're dire. You may need to be healed tonight. We have people in this room who've had the hand of the Lord upon them, answered prayer and healing, haven't we? Praise, him, praise the Lord for it. Prayed for in this prayer meetings and prayer meetings just like it. We have circumstances that we couldn't change one bit, but we have a God who can, whether with many or with them that have no power. A fourth thing I, I see here in Asa's request, and as you can see, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He requested God's help. Oh, Lord God, let me ask you, and you may say, well, Brother Lamb, that goes without saying, but you've come to a prayer meeting. Are, do you ask God to help you? Or are you just trying to figure it out yourself? You just try to blunder your way through. You just try to use your own influence and personality and resources. How's that working for you? Let me just ask you, how far has that gotten you? Oh, it'll only go so far. But at some point, the most talented among us, the handsomest among us, the wealthiest among us, the, the one that has the most uh, ability and the most well-connected, one of these days you're going to hit a brick wall. Did you know that? And all that you're going to run out, of, as the old song says, out of our hoarded resources. Then what? I'll tell you what. You'll cry to the God of Asa. Why not do that ahead of time? Lord, I don't know anything. I don't have anything. I can't do anything. I'm crying out to you to use me however you will and answer these, these requests. That's why we come to prayer meetings. If we had it all and knew it all and could fix it all, we wouldn't need the Lord. But we desperately need him, don't we? 
A fifth thing I say, see here is that he didn't worry or fret. Now, I hope you don't come to a prayer meeting and lay your request before the throne of God and then go home and worry about it all night. Stay up. Why should you stay up when he that keepeth Israel never slumbers nor sleeps? Why don't you leave your prayer on the altar tonight and go home and put your head on the pillow and say, Lord, whether you answer or not, it's your business. I've asked according to your will the best I know how, and I'm just I'm expecting you. I'm re- what did Asa say? say? Let's pray Asa's way. Help us, O oh Lord. What does he say? For we rest on thee. We rest on thee. Think about that. Are you resting on the Lord tonight? Well, if you're saved, you are, aren't you? You're not keeping yourself saved tonight. You didn't go to Calvary to pay for your salvation. There's not one thing you did that got God's opinion, got God's approval. God didn't look down and say, well, Chris is so kind and nice and comes from a good home. and he's a wonderful. I think I'll save him based on that. He didn't choose Israel because they were mighty or powerful. Asa may have a big army, but that's not why the Lord is going to answer his prayer. It will be in spite of our resources. It will be in spite of our, unri- our filthy rags and all that we lay claim to. We rest on thee. I hope you come tonight to a prayer meeting with heavy burdens. I'm sure that everyone in this room has got one. I hope you'll roll it over onto the Lord and walk out of here. And whether it's answered or not in timely fashion, it'll be answered in God's time. Would you rest in the Lord? It is a bad testimony. It is a lack of faith to come to a prayer meeting and give requests and go out and fret over it. Does that change one thing? Does that hasten the request? Does it cause it to to come to pass? No, Asa, now listen, I don't think any of us have an army coming after us. Asa is going to battle, a huge army. The Bible tells us exactly how many men there were there. The, The Ethiopian army, one of the mightiest and most powerful ones on earth in that day. What did Asa do? Now, Lord, whether we have an army or not, you've got to go before us if we're going to win this battle. It's nothing with you to win the battle. You can, in spite of us or because of us or with us or choose to use us, but, Lord, we ask you, we cry out to you, we rest. Help us, O Lord. The request is so simple. Help us. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Peter's prayer when he was sinking on the the, the, the sea. What did he say? Lord, save me. Short prayer. He didn't go into a lot of detail. He needed to be saved, didn't he? The thief on the cross, remember me. Asa, help us. Short prayers. Now, there's time for long prayers. Sometimes we just have to get it all out. But the Lord knows a short prayer just like he knows a long prayer. And it's not the length of the prayer or how flowery it is. Some people are reluctant to come to our prayer meeting. They're afraid they're going to be called on or, or whatever. They're going to feel uncomfortable. You, in your feeble way, whatever it is, you, you lift your prayer up to the Lord while others lead, and God will hear it. He hears little children, doesn't he? Let the little children come to me, he said. He brought them up in his lap. That's one of the most tender pictures. We have our kindergarten pray, don't they, Miss Garrison? They ask the Lord. And we, we, these little kids here, we teach them to pray. Your children pray. I don't know that the Lord doesn't hear their prayers before he listens to ours. They're from a sincere heart, a guileless heart. They don't have anything to do but come to the Lord and and ask their their simple request. He rested in the Lord. He didn't worry or fret. Resting is not struggling. I mean, that's as simple as that. Struggling is wrestling and wrangling, but resting is peace. The picture I look here is a baby on its mother's breast, just laying there, his head there, just asleep. Not worried about a thing. 
Verse 6, tell, I mean, the sixth thing I notice here is that he did it all in the name of the Lord. Lord, thou art our God. He did it in the name of the Lord. We don't come in our own name. What is that? That's nothing. We have no might or power. We have no influence. We come in the name of the Lord. And then the seventh thing I say here, see here, he was serious about serving the Lord. Look in verse 12. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. I love this because we have the prayer and the answer right here. That's not always the case. But here we have a request. We have a simple request from a man. Lord, whether you have much or little, you can do it. We, we come to you. We rest in you. Help us, Lord. We cry out unto you. And the Lord did it. <laughs> the Lord smote the Ethiopians and they fled. Don't you love that? And th- this is the God that we're coming to tonight. In this prayer meeting, with these requests, in our own prayer bulletin, well, the ones on your heart. Toward the end of his life, though, I must not leave us here without looking at the whole picture because the Holy Spirit doesn't just picture. If, you, if I left you here, you'd think Asa was a perfect man or some kind of super Christian. He had, you know, he just could name it and claim it. He had influence that we don't have. He was, after all, brother, I mean, he was king of Judah. I mean, he was somebody. And you'd reason it away. Toward the end of his life, I'm sorry to report to you, but the Holy Spirit records for us in chapter 16, verse 12, he became diseased in his feet. We don't know what that was. It was a gout or some other problem. He had disease in his feet. And remarkably, the Bible records this for us. Now, I want you to remember that whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for who? Those people back then and there? No. They were written for our learning and admonition. So while we rejoice, and this takes nothing away from Asa's prayer and his answer to prayer, any more than when Elijah called down fire from heaven and burnt the the, the wet sacrifice before the, the false prophets, and then Elijah had an eclipse of faith, and when he heard Jezebel threatening him, he wanted to die and run away. That, took, that takes nothing away from the mighty man that Elijah was. In fact, the Holy Spirit lifts Elijah up as one of the greatest prayer warriors in all the Bible, doesn't he? James, Elijah was a man just like we are. He prayed, and then he tells us the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man just like Elijah avails much. But remarkably, Asa got a disease in his feet, whatever it was. And the Bible tells us in chapter 16, verse 12, Yet in his disease he sought not the Lord. And is that not amazing to you? I mean, here's a man who has, is going against the mighty power of Ethiopia. He calls out before the Lord, and the Holy Spirit records his prayer for us. But the Holy Spirit also records this about Asa, that he didn't pray about everything. He prayed about the big thing, but something that may seem lesser or what, the Bible doesn't tell us the reason why he did it. It just records the fact he got a physical problem, a personal problem, and didn't pray about it. Why is it that we're pr- more prone to pray about somebody else's than we are about ourselves? He sought not the Lord, but to the physicians. Now, do you remember what we said that Asa's name meant? Amazingly, Asa's name means physician. And the Holy Spirit, everything he records for us is for a purpose. Asa got a disease in his feet, yet he sought not the Lord, but to the physician. We have to ask the question, don't you just wonder why? 
Why didn't he seek the Lord when he got sick? It's an amazing thing for us. Did you know that in each of our lives there are areas of doubt? Doubt is always a sin. And doubt is always prideful. Did he think that his doctors could do more than the Lord? Surely not. You think, well, no. I mean, Asa is a man of prayer. Uh, He's the king of Judah. He prayed that the Lord would rout the Ethiopian armies, and he did. But the Bible tells us that when he had a personal physical problem, that he went to the physicians instead of the Lord. I heard Dr. J. Vernon McGee in his inimitable way this last week preaching on the oil and the Good Samaritan pouring in the oil. And he said, we ought to, to call for the elders and go to the doctor. The Lord has given us these resources, and, and we know that the Lord, can use, he's allowed us to discover these things. And the oil is representative of medicine. We have a house full of medical people here tonight and in our church. And uh, we, we, we don't have all of our confidence in medicine, but we use whatever means the Lord has appointed. At the same time, praying, Lord, use these means. You can heal with them. We know that he can't, or without them, can't he? And so, but what, what was it about Asa who didn't mix the two together? He, he did not go before the Lord. Sometimes the longer we live for the Lord, our faith, instead of strengthening, it, there's, a, there's a problem that you know ought to be aware of, those of you who have been saved a long time, and those of you who are on the other side and are going into the twilight years. Sometimes in our minds we think that the older a person gets and the longer they serve the Lord and the longer they're here on earth that they just get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger because that's the way it ought to be but it's not often the case because as the outer man perishes sometimes faith weakens as well. And I see it over and over again. Some people who know the Lord alone they get negligent in their Bible study. Well I've read that, I've heard that, I know that. I know that. I've been there, done that. And they begin to be presumptuous. They presume on the grace of God. They don't pray about every little thing like they did when they were 20 or 30, when they had little children with a high fever and didn't have money to go to the doctor. They cried out to the Lord then. Or when they had this report or that report or this need. And yet sometimes in the twilight years, or the longer we live for the Lord, our faith weakens or we grow slack in the faith department. And it shouldn't be that way. The devil attacks these bodies, and the last great warfare is fought in these bodies. The man whose name meant physician sought them instead of the Lord. We all want to to end right, don't we? I hope that you young people will make the right decisions and take these verses at heart and make them a pattern for your life. And I hope you older people will too. We often think the preaching is for those young whippersnappers those under 30 people, but I want you to know that the devil doesn't leave a one of us alone. He'll be clawing after you and, and sending fiery darts your way till you draw your last breath before you go and cross over the River Jordan. The Apostle Paul testified in Second Timothy, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And I'm so glad that Paul said this, and not to me only. We think, well, of course he will. Paul, you're an apostle. I mean, you have great faith. 
you did great things. You were stoned and you had apostolic power and the Lord allowed you to write a major portion of the New Testament. Sure, there's a crown of laid up for you. Sure, you've, you, you, you'll be noted and, and rewarded. But what did he say? Not to me only. He gives us a blanket guarantee here. But to all them that love is appearing. If we love his appearing, that's not just waiting and wanting the Lord Jesus to come back tonight so we won't have to have that project due tomorrow or the problem that's at hand. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. No, loving his appearing is walking circumspectly. It's walking as if the Lord Jesus Christ would come back before we wake up in the morning and we stand before him and give an account for how we've lived this day. See, that puts all the different perspective in it. Asa's end was what uh, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 13, warns us about. And we'll close with this warning. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, what? Jesus Christ. Gold, silver, precious stones, or he can build with wood, hay, and stubble. What are you building your spiritual life with tonight? Every man's work shall be made manifest. That's, that's a given. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he is built upon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Loss of what? Loss of reward. But he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. If any among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. There was a time in Asa's life that he did not glory in himself, did he? He didn't glory in his army. He had a full army, 580-something thousand men. But he said, Lord, this army is nothing if you're not with us. Whether with many or with little, Lord, you can do anything. Let's look at Asa's prayer. And let's claim this as we go into the prayer meeting tonight. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God. Will you cry out to him tonight with whatever's on your heart and mind? That burden, that problem, that sin, that habit, your healing, whatever it is that you're burdened about, cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help. Don't we all agree with that tonight? Would you agree with me that there's nothing for God to do whatever is on our heart? whether with many or with them that have no power. He can make a little cruise of oil last as long as it's needed. He can take a little boy's lunch and feed thousands and thousands with it and have leftovers to take up 12 baskets full after it's over with. Help us, O Lord. Let that be our prayer request. Now, aren't we asking that? Lord, help us. We rest on thee. Here we come tonight at this prayer meeting. Lord, help us. Oh, help us. We need your help. If you don't help us, we're, we're deserted. We have no other resource. Help us, for we rest on thee. And in thy name we go against this multitude. For, O oh Lord, thou art our God. Isn't he our God tonight? Hasn't he given us many exceeding precious promises? 
Call unto me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not. Ask and seek and knock. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Over and over again, we have his assurance that he will pray. May the Lord give us faith as we go before him tonight.